Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, welcome back to yet another episode. And I'm here with a new friend of mine, Jess Anesto. Thank you so much, Jess, for making time for the Boca Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, and I was telling you before we get started, I love to have the opportunity to get to know people on air. Um, it keeps it kind of raw, and we're, we're going to let our listeners get to know you while I, while I do the same um, here in just a second. But before we do, I usually like to get started with something called a technique for time, because if we have a listener that started the podcast episode and they walk away after five minutes, I still want them to walk away with something of value that they can do for their business, for themselves. And so I'd love for you to share something that you do to create more time in your life for yourself. Absolutely. So uh, this is like one of the, my favorite things about Boca podcast, actually. Really? Okay, <laughs> love, cool. Um, hearing, hearing everyone's kind of little tips for time saving and things like that. So happy to share. Um, I have a couple things. So something I started doing about a month ago, actually, is batch working my email. Mm. Um, so I used to just keep my mail app open all day in the background of whatever I was working on and would just constantly get distracted by emails and other projects and things coming my way and would leave what I was working on to answer an email. Yeah. And now I, I limit myself to checking my emails just three times a day. I so love I it. Morning, right around lunchtime, and then a little closer to like when I'm finishing up my work day. Um, and it really just helps me get more done, to be honest, yep. and um, stay less distracted. So that's been a huge, huge tool for me. And and I love this. We've talked about this idea a little bit on the podcast before. This is something that I do. I actually, um, it, depending on the situation, if there's something going on right now, business um, is just kind of exploding at Photographer's Edit. And so I, yeah. I'm, I'm, there are occasions when I'll be up and I'll jump an email a little bit early to touch base with a member or members of our team. But otherwise, usually I push email back until about three o'clock or so in the afternoon, two to three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's amazing. Well, and I have the luxury of having a really wonderful team, of course, that manages customer support for us. So I don't have to do that all day long myself. But to your very point, being an email all day, having the app open all day, having it open on our desktop all day, hearing the ding, feeling the buzz, um, it is very, very easily distracting us from those things that will drive our business forward more significantly. Email right. is a form of communication. Communication is necessary to be a business owner. But I love that you are being very, very proactive in the way that you're managing it because you understand it's going to distract you from focusing on those things that matter. So I love this. This is really good. When you say you check it in the morning, what time do you usually check in the morning? So sometimes that varies. Um, if I like, kind of like what you were saying, if you know there's like, something in the pipeline yeah. for that day that's going to be happening. Sometimes I'll check it pretty early um, around like eight or so after um, I've had a little bit of time to wake up. Yes. But typically it's right around nine or nine 30 when I start working for the day. Okay. That's really nice too. And that gives you a chance, like you said, get up, maybe have some coffee, 
Um, yeah. you know, there's something to, to say about um, just being able to sit for a little bit in the quiet. One of the things that I'll do on, on um, well, usually Monday and Wednesday mornings right now, I'll go to the gym early. And then after I finish the workout, I actually sit in a massage chair. The, the gym that I go to has these massage chairs. So I can sit in the massage chair, relax a little bit and get some reading done. Um, all at once. So it's kind of productive and relaxing yeah. all at the same time. But it's nice to start off that way before getting into work, kind of getting sucked in at times, yes. if you will. So I, I love this. And it, it's there is a theme innate to this mentality, which is proactivity versus reactivity. It's very easy mm-hmm. to react to, to incoming stimuli in one form or another constantly as photography business owners and just you know people in 2018 for that matter. Um, but I love I love the way that you're approaching this. This is really cool. What, what do you do with some of that free time that you create for yourself? One of the things I, I also mentioned too is that I'm I'm taking a day off every week now. Awesome. So it's Friday. It's actually normally my day off today, but I've been away on a family vacation this week. So I am working today, but... Well, thank you for spending your, your day <laughs> off with us for a little bit. <laughs> of course. But um, yeah, I love to spend free time. It's kind of funny. Um, I was thinking about like, what do I do when I just want to have fun? And I, we live in the Bay Area, my husband and I, and everybody is so outdoorsy and they love to hike. Yeah. And I feel like we're just like oddballs. Um, we're not very outdoorsy. So we actually love to do things like visit museums or go to concerts, go wine tasting, oh, wow. that sort of thing. Um, we love to eat <laughs> and try new restaurants. Yeah. Indoor activities are our go-to. <laughs> and you're really in a perfect area for, especially the food scene, food and wine scene. Oh my goodness. You're, you're oh, quite absolutely. lucky. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's really awesome. We love, um, we just were like concert shopping last night, trying to decide like, okay, what are the next couple of music shows we want to go to? Because yeah. my husband's a musician and oh, cool. um, that's like his absolute favorite thing to do. So that's something we love just doing with our free time. And what type of music does he play? And and by the way, what's his name too, since we're, we're uh, yeah. getting to know you a little bit? <laughs> his name is Chris and he's technically by, by day, he's an art director actually. So he works in the advertising world okay. um, right now. So he doesn't do music for work, but grew up like in bands in high school and college and that sort of thing. He plays keyboard. And now he's kind of been leaning into producing kind of like electronic style music. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about that world and always has like a new gadget on his desk that I'm like, what is that? What does that <laughs> thing do? Who knows? All these like cool things that light up and make, make pretty music. It when is. He touches them. So. Yeah, that is a really big scene. I, I mean, I'm. It, it's been a pretty big scene, I think, for quite some time, but it's really taken off, it seems, as of late. Yeah. My, my son's actually quite fascinated with that that scene really? himself. Yeah, he plays saxophone um, and is planning on studying at this point uh, music composition in college. But um, he he really finds that that EDM scene quite fascinating, and so that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Now. I, you mentioned something. Your husband is an art director in the ad scene, and we're going to talk about your website in more detail here in just a little bit. But yeah. um, things are starting to click a little bit here now. Did, <laughs> did he have any say in what your website looks like? Because it's amazing. Oh yes, he does. So a lot of a lot of the the reason it looks as polished as it does, and we've added since we rebranded and everything. But he designed my logo. He he basically. I'll kind of tell him how I want things to feel and give him some visual inspiration of like um, sites and brands that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. like little pieces of design that I, that catch my eye. And then he like kind of makes them happen. (laughs) That is really cool. 
yeah, it's honestly such a huge perk to be married to an art director. It's kind of amazing. Well, and, and there are a couple of things here. First of all, um, I, the the way that the site has been designed, and again, we'll get into this in more detail and how this all ties into your brand uh, in just a bit, but the site design, it's very, very bright, very cheery. It's certainly a reflection of your goal, which is to kind of create this fun experience for clients or potential clients. And yeah. and I really love that. Uh, but you definitely get a feel for the fact that that somebody who actually has some experience in design has been involved in the design and layout, um, not only of your your color scheme for your brand, but also the website itself. And it's, it's really beautifully done. I, I have to recommend that everybody goes to Cheers, just like it sounds, cheersbabephoto.com. And you can check out Jess's website there. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But um, yeah, really, really great. And and that's really, do, do you find that um, collaborating for the sake of your business is, is a way for you all to connect or do you do it minimally? What does that look like for your relationship? Oh, yeah, I think it's great. I love just bouncing ideas off of him, whether it's for the brand, for the design of the website, or even just like, Hey, like, what do you think if I started like a mentorship session? What would that look like? And yeah. he's just such a good person. Um, since he has that creative brain, um, it's so easy. F- and he's just so receptive to those sorts of things and is really um, just a great person to bounce ideas off of. Somebody who really understands what makes a brand stand out and just be eye-catching. Which is a little bit tough these days. I mean, it, it, we have to actually make an effort and ideally get a professional involved as you have to do so yeah. because there's so many photographers, you know, something that we talk about. And again, we'll, we'll get to this here in just a second is, is the significance of brand position and mm-hmm. um, brand position. Isn't just, you know, about taking cool pictures anymore. You really have to do no. something to, to set yourself apart. And so um, that's great that you can work with him. Cheers, Chris, you did a, a beautiful job <laughs> and uh, that's, that's really great. Now tell me just something totally random about yourself. Maybe that most people wouldn't know about you. Something I feel like I'm such an open book, so this is always a tough question because um, I'm like I probably overshare. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think something that people may not know about me is that I love slow mornings. A lot of people, like on entrepreneurs especially, I mm. think like love to like get up and hit it and like get to work right away. Right. And I actually like purposely wake up early ish so that I don't have to get right to my desk. I love to spend the morning slow and quiet, whether I'm like reading, meditating, prayer, of course, drinking coffee. Um, I like to watch the news in the morning, just like to spend like an hour up to even two hours some days if I wake up early enough um, before I, I start working. I love that. Just to like let your body rest. Yes. Well, and, and I mean, some might argue, well, you just got up from sleeping. Why do you have to rest more? But I think, I think <laughs> maybe more specifically, it, a lot of it's about continuing to give your mind a, um, some peace, some space, yeah. uh, if you will. I mean, you mentioned meditation and that, that is a really powerful concept. We've talked about it a num- number of times on the podcast, um, but I, I've found significant benefit from it myself. And, and honestly, um, I'm at a stage in well, my professional life and personal life for that matter right now where I need to do more of it uh, because it, it I really find significant benefit from it. It's not just, you know, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's it's not this, simply this idea that you're, quote, not supposed to think about anything. It's It's the idea of being able to hear or we'll say acknowledge that so-called voice inside your head 
but then let it just be that, not give it the kind of significance that we tend to as business owners. We end up getting caught up with that voice, ins- that so-called voice inside our head and, and get very, very busy and become over-analytical. And then on top of that, we're running a business and to our earlier point, just kind of reacting to any and everything coming in. Yes. And it just gets extremely chaotic. I ride motorcycles and it, and it mm. reminds me of um, a situation that I found myself in from, from time to time as I'm a relatively new rider. And you're going okay. into a corner at a really, really high speed. And you're, if you're not focused, this, the process of braking and downshifting can become a little bit chaotic and you find yourself overshooting, overshooting that, that turn. Mm. And, it, and mm-hmm. you're, you're trying not to freak out, of course, because the last thing you want to do is crash. But that, that sense of chaos, that sense of kind of a lack of control um, comes from that existence where you go, 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 go so fast and don't yes. have any plans going into that, that so-called turn or that curve that you can very easily lose control. And so I think, again, to, to your earlier point about or your earlier technique for time and the point you're making now, that proactive mentality of setting time aside, taking time, getting into your day is a really, really healthy thing that we can all learn from. Yeah. And I think too, with, with meditation, it, it comes na- more naturally to some people. Some people are just like super peaceful and can zen out <laughs> and do what they need to do. But for people who have personality types that are easily distracted, which is something that I identify with, sure, meditation can just be such a good centering place to go to like kind of practice just being um, present and being not like letting your mind be on every future thing, like what's going to happen next? Yeah. What's going to be the next task I'm going to go to? So just like such a good practice for me. And it's something that I've been leaning into lately because I do have such like a distracted mind. So something I, like you said, I'm, I'm leaning into and learning and not great at, but um, has been really great. It, it's good. And, and I've mentioned this, this book before, but what you're talking about reminds me of the book. And, and that's a book called The Untethered Soul. We'll link to it in the show notes by a guy named Michael Singer. And it was a fascinating mm-hmm. book. In fact, I actually went back to kind of review it just recently again. And he talks about that, that kind of distracted mind, or as I alluded to earlier, the, the notion of the voice inside our head that we tend to give a lot of credit to, right? We, we follow, something yeah. comes into our, into our mind, and, and as you just said, you kind of follow it. And then the next, mm-hmm. thing com- next thing comes in, and you follow that thing, and repeat this process over and over and over again. Before we know it, we're distracted, or uh, we feel kind of out of control, or we feel stressed out. And there is something, when we talk about the idea of being present, Singer in his book talks about the significance of seeing something, acknowledging the thought. It's not that we're trying to ignore, I mean, we're we're human beings, we have a brain that thinks we're going to think about something, but seeing that thing, acknowledging it, but then kind of seeing it out and repeating that process over and over again, it's, it's fascinating how calming it is. And then you also realize, oh, I don't have to acknowledge every frantic thought that comes into my head. I don't have to give it that space that I normally do. And as a result, I'm able to calm down and to relax and to, as you said, and I mean, it's such a cliche phrase, but it's very, very accurate to truly be present. And um, so that's good. We'll we'll link to the book in the show notes. And I really appreciate you sharing that. This has been inspirational conversation already. And and (laughs) speaking of books, actually, talk to us a little bit about maybe the most impactful book that you've read. Yeah, so um, I've, there's a couple that come to mind just that I've been reading recently. One of them is Building a Story Brand by yes. Donald Miller, which is an amazing business book. So and good. I 
um, I read it and literally completely changed everything on my website. <laughs> wow! I just like went in and like added it, there was so much practical advice in this book that mm. like, that I was just able to implement almost immediately after finishing this book. And I even added an entire page on my website that didn't exist before because of this book. Wow! Um, and it really just talks about telling the story of your brand rather than just like being flashy and trying to be interesting and mm. positioning yourself, um, positioning your client as the hero of that story and yourself as the guide. Because I think what a lot of entrepreneurs try to do is they make themselves the hero of their brand. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't really connect with the clients because they want to be the hero of the story. Um, so it really talks about how um, you're really just there as the guide in the story. You're almost like the the Obi-Wan Kenobi, so be it, um, of this brand story with your client and making them feel um, both welcome and comfortable and like they know what's going to happen every step of the way mm. when they work with you mm-hmm. um, and just communicating those things really clearly. Um, and even like in your almost like over communicating them, he's like, put put like an an a contact me button in like multiple places on your website, et cetera. Always call to actions and stuff like that. But that's an amazing book. Uh, Definitely check that one out. And then more on a personal reading book that I've been diving into is The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Susan Stabile. Okay. Suzanne Stabile. And it's about, um, I don't know if you've heard about the Enneagram, yeah. but it's this ancient typing uh, personality typing system. Yeah. And I know it's been kind of like, a little trendy lately, but I've been really just doing a lot of research, listening to a bunch of podcasts about the Enneagram. And it's been such a good tool just for me and even for my marriage, for how I understand myself, how I understand my husband, how I understand like people around me. And um, it's just been a great way to like understand like where people are coming from um, and what, how they may be perceiving a situation that's more difficult, that sort of thing. It's been really, really awesome. And I highly recommend that book. That's awesome. Well, we're going to link to that as well in the show notes. And I'm literally, as you're talking, I'm, I'm adding it to my wish list and, and Amazon so that <laughs> yes. I can also I can also grab it because um, that sounds great. I mean, I have, it, you're right, it has been, it seems to be a, a topic of conversation or common topic of conversation these days, but there seems to be some significance too. People are finding value in it. And um, so I'm going to, I may have to check out that book myself and building a story brand. I mean, I can't say enough about that book. I really love that you brought up the the point that he makes in that book about making the client the hero because we, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we live in a very ego-driven industry, right? We're photographers, we're so-called artist types. And, and so much of the time it is, I mean, you go to a website and it's all about the photographer and their background and their uh, awards and, or whatever it might be. And at the end of the day, the client probably isn't going to connect so much with that type of backstory. What they are mm-hmm. going to connect with is a story that that they can relate to, yeah. um, but then ultimately transitions to kind of making them the center of that story. And, and um, it, I, I love that emphasis. Um, I think that making it about the client enables us to be able to build a more successful business, probably more efficiently, more quickly, rather than making it all about ourselves as the artist. 
And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I love that he made that um, such a big point in his book. And I love that you bring that up. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. It's so, so good. Cannot recommend it enough. And it's certainly the best business book that I've read in the last year or two. So uh, yeah, good, good same. stuff. How long have you been in business as a photographer? Because um, I mean, we were talking about photography and running a photography business, but and in fact, for that matter, the backstory, I am curious about your backstory mm-hmm. and maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I always have it. A, a tough time answering how many years I've been in business because who knows how to define these things because we're side hustling and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But so officially on the internet, I've been in business since 2013, booked okay. my first wedding in 2013. So about five years, I started assisting and shooting weddings a year before that in 2012 um, with another photographer. And I worked part-time for his studio um, until early 2016, actually. And I, so I've been officially full-time for myself for about two and a half years. That's great. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that, that leap is a scary leap to make when you're side hustling, even if it's still doing wedding photography, which it was for me. And it was just the best decision. And and what was the interest like where did the interest in photography come from in the first place Uh, it's we do have kind of varying backgrounds in our industry and and i mean i I was actually not a lot of people know this but i was in the the optics industry uh before i got into photography and before that i was a bible and youth ministry major um in college so we we come from all kinds of different backgrounds and i'm curious what led you to get into photography Totally. Well, so I, I'll start a while back, but I always identified as like a creative person, even as a child. I was like, I'm your typical middle child who like lives in dreamland, la la land, always daydreaming and drawing and coloring and whatever. <laughs> I was always doing some sort of project. Yeah. Um, and even like when I would get in trouble as a kid, we had this, um, we had this room in our house where we kept all the art supplies. We called it the art room. I mean, super creative, but, <laughs> and when I would get in trouble, my parents like were creative punishers. And like, that was the first thing that I got grounded from. Like you're grounded from the art room and I'll have to go in there and I'd be devastated. Yeah. Just be like, no, I need to make things. And so I think I always like, that was par- always part of my identity. Creativity was always a part of my identity, but I didn't really know as like an early teen, you know, I was a clueless 18-year-old when I was ready to go to college and didn't know how to transition that identity into a career. Hmm. Started college actually as a biology major, (laughs) which is so random. Wow. I think the reason I chose that was I was pretty inspired by um, a science teacher of mine and was like, maybe I'll be like a biology teacher because that seemed like just there was value there to me. And so... Um, that biology major lasted one semester, (laughs) one semester only. And I, I quickly saw other kids on campus with drawing pads and cameras and was so jealous. And I was like, wait a sec, this is college. You get to pick what you're doing. Um, I'm going to be an art major. And so, um, that second semester of college, my freshman year, I switched my major to art. And honestly, we had to emphasize at the school that I went to. And photography honestly just seemed the least intimidating to me versus like sculpture or painting um, or even design. And so just (laughs) kind of picked it because it seemed doable. And then, I mean, hit my first darkroom film photography class and fell in love and was just, I remember like making 
I don't know if you've ever done this, but making a camera out of a Pringles can. Oh like my a, word. No, I have like it. A, a, a pinhole camera. Yeah. Um, and I was, I remember it was one of our first projects in college and just like really understanding what a camera is and what it does. And the fact that you could make one out of a Pringles can like blew my mind. <laughs> And I was just like, this is the coolest thing. Like, I'm going to be in this space forever in whatever realm that means. And then how I got into weddings is was kind of happenstance as well, because my my uh, school was very fine arts based. And I was kind of on the track to the like, hopefully, eventually the gallery route Hmm. Um, and being like a represented photographer. That's kind of what, what they're training you up for. Okay. Um, and that just always felt so intimidating and serious to me. And you, <laughs> you can don't tell seem from like the serious type that either. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not the kind of person who takes myself that seriously. Yeah. So it didn't really ever feel quite right, like the right space. And I tried working at a gallery and that felt weird. And um, my junior year actually of college, I did a basically a study abroad program, except for the fact that it wasn't abroad. <laughs> oh, okay. I studied in New York for a semester, which was so great. And um, during that time, they, the school set you up with an internship while you're there. And I interned with a wedding photographer. It just was like assigned to me and was just so like blown away by how exciting that world was. Mm. And I remember assisting my first wedding, you know, just like carrying the gear and making sure my <laughs> photographer boss was like hydrated and just feeling like this is so fun and there's so much energy and excitement and joy here. Yeah. It just felt like the right space for me to be in and never looked back from there. Wow. Okay. But you started in film. Do you still shoot film at all? No, just like personally, my husband and I love to shoot instant film. Yeah. Um, so we have like this huge wall of Polaroids in our house, but that is so fun. I've got one of those, um, Fuji Instax, uh, printers and I'll yes. print occasionally print an image oh, so cool. just from my phone. And, and I love that. Um, in fact, I've got a bunch of them on my refrigerator right behind me here. Um, they're, they're, I love that. yeah, there's so much fun, but you're, so you're not taking your Pringles can to weddings, huh? No, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that for, for me, I love the just the predictability of digital and the instant, just the speed of it yeah. is um, as far as like not having to process and sure. all of those things and scan. and It's definitely convenient. And it also means that we can learn so quickly too. being able to have that immediate yeah. feedback and make adjustments is, is so, so nice. You, you mentioned totally. something in passing that I just want to bring up very quickly and, and we'll try not mm-hmm. to go too far down this rabbit hole. But okay. um, you mentioned the significance of, of a teacher in your life that made a difference to you. And I was actually just listening mm-hmm. to the Joe Rogan podcast the other day and they he was actually interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, who's an astrophysicist and a really fascinating guy. And, and for that matter, oh, yeah. a really passionate teacher himself. Mm-hmm. And he was he brought up the point that there are very, very few teachers who make such a lasting impact in our lives. But mm-hmm. a lot of what enables them, the, the ones who do make that impact, uh, is the energy that they put into the, the I'll, I'll use the word passion, as cliche as it is, I, I think it's still <laughs> accurate here, um, the passion, the energy that they throw into teaching, actually showing excitement. And it's certainly relevant to teaching, but I would also argue that it's relevant to the way that we engage with our potential clients or with our clients in creating a really great experience. 
you know, the, the photography only takes us so far. At the end of the day, we have to mm-hmm. really create an incredible experience for our clients. And part of that is the way that we engage with them. We need to really make the effort to make make them feel um, important uh, and yes. make them feel significant. Uh, and, and there's, a, of course, a, a very famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, this yeah, was... Yeah, Dale Carnegie. Exactly, yeah. And he, and he uh, talks about the idea of giving someone else significance. And I think part of that comes through in the energy that we exude as we engage with someone. So that's just a little side note, but I think it's an important one. And, um, I, you know, I've, even after hearing that the other day, it was, it was more of a reminder than anything, but it was a good reminder. And I'm, I'm thinking about how I'm engaging with my kids even. Um, I know that I bring energy, for example, to, uh, to these podcast conversations, but then I thought, well, but if at the end of the day I'm falling off and I don't maintain that energy, how does, of course, how does that make my kids feel or my girlfriend feel or whatever it might be? Right. I need to, to make sure that I maintain a certain level of, of consistency in that energy. And then if, if you're familiar or any of our listeners are familiar with Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins talks about the significance of proactively creating that excitement and energy in us. And that actually translates to how we feel. So it can kind of help us over the hump at the end of the day. Maybe we're tired. Um, we can we can actually carry ourselves over that hump and maintain a certain level of energy kind of throughout the day, and it really makes a big difference. So total segue uh, and, <laughs> and rabbit trail, but I, I wanted to touch on that because I thought it was an interesting point that you made. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. the, the toughest lesson that you've learned as a wedding photographer thus far. You've not been in business full-time for real long, but what's, mm-hmm. one, of, what's one of the biggest challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge and biggest lesson to learn was that I'm not the right photographer for everyone. Mm. And that is okay. Yeah. I think in my early days, I was so excited, so ready to like book anyone and everyone that my brand position and my brand voice was just trying to communicate to the masses. Mm. And that doesn't really work because I think when you try to talk to everyone, no one can connect. And no one feels like you're talking directly to them. So they just would, they'll just pass you by. Interesting. And I think I just have learned how important it is to get specific and find that ideal client who truly believes that like I'm their ideal photographer and connect with me. And what that means is that like, I have to sacrifice that like some people are going to go on my website, see these bright colors and think I'm a crazy person. (laughs) And that's okay. That is okay. um, Because they're not my ideal client. And I have to like not get heartbroken over that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like somebody might look at my work and be like, "Mm, no. And I think that was hard to learn just Cause you know, we all have that like fear of rejection and we want like every client that reaches out to us to book us. And that was hard for me to learn early on, but has been transformational as far as how I've tried to position myself now as a brand. Wow. That's really great. And you know, I mean, an eight to that, and I've alluded to this before in the podcast, cause it's, I mean, it hits home for me personally and I see it all around us, both in our industry and just in kind of the world at large, um, innate to that apprehension that we have and being a little bit polarizing and speaking a very specific language to a very specific target market Mm -hmm. um, many times is insecurity. And I think it's really important for all of us to make the effort, not just simply to write ourselves off as, well, I just feel this way or I feel that way, but understand where those feelings are coming from, where, what the source of that insecurity or those insecurities are. 
and then learning mm-hmm. to be comfortable in who you are so that you then can be very, very clear in your brand position, set yourself apart from the, the so-called competition and it makes all the difference in the world. I, I love yeah. that, that you're learning to, to say no to others for the sake of being able to say yes to those who truly match your brand. That's a really great lesson for all of us. Um, I, I'm going to shift directions though here, and this is a fun yeah. one I haven't gotten to ask in a little while. What is a favorite camera body or a lens or camera bag, some accessory that you just are absolutely crazy about these days? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this is a boring answer, but I, so I use Canon gear. Yeah. I love my primes and my favorite is honestly still the 50 millimeter 1.2. Um, it's just so versatile. There's hardly any distortion in there. I even like, you know, I have like the 85, which is, you know, so beautiful and dreamy and everything, but I still find myself going back to the 50 just for that versatility. It is, it is really versatile. And I would say that that's probably my go-to lens as well, though I, the 51 four, um, only because I, I like the fact that it's so easily accessible by a mm-hmm. wide variety of our, our industry. I mean, it's what, 350 bucks or something like that for yeah, it's so affordable, a, a very, very fast lens. It is versatile, as you point out, and it's very, very small. So it doesn't take up a lot of space in your bag mm-hmm. or you can just throw it in your pocket if you have to, if you've got a pocket. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great lens. And it's something that we've talked about here on the, the podcast before I, I certainly used, I shot a wedding. It's been about three weeks or so ago and had the opportunity to pull that out and, and use that. It's, it really is a, a great, great lens. Let's talk a little bit. Let's, let's kind of move the direction or back to, to the point of conversation um, that we were kind of exploring earlier, which is brand sure. position and your brand. Um, we've talked about your website. And again, for those of you listening in, if you haven't looked at Jess's website yet, you're going to want to go check it out. It's just cheers, just like it sounds, cheersbabephoto.com. And of course, we'll link to it in the show notes if you go to bocapodcast.com. And speaking of, do do go to bocapodcast.com. Check out all the show notes that Haley puts together for these episodes. It's a really a loaded resource there at bocapodcast.com. So go check that out. Talk to us a little bit about what your business's brand position is. If you were to sum it up in a sentence or so, what sets you apart from the photography businesses around you? Yeah, so I like to say that I'm a passport-ready photographer helping fun and creative couples capture their toast-worthy wedding. And you'll hear that come in with my brand name, Cheers Babe. That's where that little toast-worthy note comes in. I wanted everything to feel very casual and approachable and feel like the way that I communicate with my husband in that like fun and lighthearted way. So I guess what I mean by All of that is first and foremost, your wedding, if you book me, is going to be really fun. You're looking to really enjoy the day and I bring like a really positive and joyful atmosphere when I work with my couples. And I try to communicate that through my images, through my copywriting, through my actual branding and logo and colors and all of that stuff. Well, in that position or that mission statement that you just you just uh, said out loud is actually written on the homepage of your website at the very top. So there's little confusion yes. as to what you stand for, aside from the bright and cheery colors, which are just, again, so <laughs> much fun. You, you have that there at the top, San Francisco and Los Angeles wedding photographer helping fun and creative couples capture their toast-worthy wedding, weddings. And uh, it cheers, babe. I mean, I, really, how did you even come up with the, the name for the brand? Because it's so unique, but yet so fun and, and relatable. Oh, thank you for saying that. It's It was a process. So I actually opened my business early early on and named it after myself. I had my own personal, it was called like Jessica Lynn Studios, um, like my first and middle name. 
And it goes back to what I was saying about communicating to the masses and feeling like, okay, I have like one of the world's most basic girl names (laughs) and it's not memorable. (laughs) And um, like Jessica Lynn, like so many girls are named that. I feel like there was even, so I was living in Los Angeles at the time. There was even another wedding photographer in Los Angeles named Jessica Lynn Photography. Oh, and wow. I was Jessica Lynn Studios. And I was like, this is not okay. Like, not that I was upset with her, because obviously it's her name too. Like, <laughs> no hate on her. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I needed to pivot that name because it wasn't connecting with people. And it wasn't communicating that like lighthearted fun vibe I wanted to communicate. And so um, I actually went through a full rebranding process um, at like the end of 2016, early 2017. Um, and this is where Chris comes in, my husband to help a lot. And we basically, I was just brainstorming. I was writing lists and lists of words, like wedding words, um, like relationship words, just like any words I can think of, um, to come up with a brand name that felt right. And I mean, I was doing the whole, like, I think I think it's super popular right now to like have a business name where you just like have two words with an ampersand in between. So I was like thinking, you know, like maybe I can call it like roses and ribbons or something <laughs> like that. You know, you just I'm like so glad you did of, it. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, it's just like because I just was trying. I think I spent too much time looking at what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. To be totally honest, yeah. and I just had to like let go of that and think about my relationship think about like what it feels like to be engaged to be married and what words would kind of take that out and i started to think of phrases that i would say to to my husband and cheers babe just felt so right because a it's celebratory you Mm -hmm. say that you say it in celebratory moments um which a wedding obviously is and um it just felt casual as well and yeah, that's kind of how it came along. Lots of brainstorming. I love it. But I, I I love the point that you make there at the end, which is that you had to kind of remove yourself from the comparison game and <laughs> think about what best represented you, your personality, uh, your relationship ultimately with your husband, and you let that come out. And uh, you did so absolutely wonderfully. I, I want to get to something, though, that is particularly fascinating to me. And I think when Haley actually suggested that we have you on the podcast, um, she pointed out the fact that you actually have an online shop associated with your brand. And I, yeah. I just, I'm so fascinated by this because I don't think that I've actually ever seen this. Aside from photographers who are selling uh, various products or uh, mentoring or otherwise to other photographers, mm-hmm. I've, I don't think I've seen this type of a shop for clients before. And so I'd love for you to just kind of explain what this is. There's actually a link at the top of your website. I mean, you have home and photography and meet Jess experience blog and contact, but then you have another link, which is shop. And if I click on that, it literally takes me to, and I'm going to, and it takes me down, it scrolls down the page. I click on the the big uh, graphic there and it takes me to an actual shop where they're branded shirts and mugs and cups and, and little purses and um, yeah. All kinds of stuff. So talk to us a little bit about how this came about. Yeah. So basically, uh, the shop currently right now, it literally just launched two weeks ago. So I'm super excited about it. It's fresh. 
and um, a project that I've been working on for about six months now. Wow. And just launched the first collection, where which is focused actually on um, basically gifts that you would you would associate with like a bachelorette party, yeah. essentially, like a bridesmaid teas, bride teas, mugs, like little purses that say, will you be my bridesmaid, etc. But they're all very branded and super cheeky and silly, like Cheers, Babe. And the reason that I ended up with um, starting this shop was actually, it came out of kind of a frustration on my end while I was looking for client gifts. Mm. So I... I always offer up um, when someone signs on as as a bride of mine, I send out a little welcome gift. And I wanted to have something that felt bridal, personal, really sweet and cute. And everything I was looking at online, especially like Etsy and those sorts of places that do that kind of custom custom work felt very off brand. They felt very like scripty font and super girly. And honestly, I mean, Sorry, not sorry. Basic, um, and they, they just felt devoid of personality to yeah, me. Yeah, and so I wanted to create something for my brides specifically that felt like a cool girl bride or bridesmaid would actually want to keep it and use it and love it. Um, whether that's like a T-shirt or a cute little mug or something, um, I can't tell you how many like workout tees I have that say bridesmaid on them (laughs) just because that's the only place you're ever going to wear that tee again. Yeah. So like switching that terminology to babe, it's like a lot more versatile. You can bring it out again in your wardrobe. And I feel like it's just a little more on brand for, for my, for my brides. And did you have experience running an online retail shop before? Because this is a, I mean, it's an undertaking in and of itself to to do that on top of a photography business seems like it could be overwhelming. No, I have no experience doing this, to be 100% honest. I just, but the great thing, so at this point, I don't know if this will, will continue forever, but I'm using a platform called Society6, Okay, which is basically basically allows me to not have to fulfill any orders myself or do any shipping or anything. So basically what I'll do is I'll upload a design, um, choose which products I want it applied to, and then you order directly through Society6 and they print and fulfill the orders on their end. That's great. So, I mean, talk about delegation and, and outsourcing and, yeah. and ultimately being a manager and an entrepreneur, a CEO of a company. I mean, you, you, you went the intelligent route here and I think it's really, really great. And ultimately it enabled you to do something that you didn't have a lot of experience with. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's a fascinating thing when it comes to entrepreneurship is you may not have the answers to everything. Um, you know, people look at someone like Elon Musk and, and they think, oh, this guy's a genius and how in the world does he do it all? And, and he's certainly quite intelligent, it seems. But the reality uh-huh. is he doesn't do it all. Even somebody like himself, um, he doesn't do it all. He's got a massive team behind him that enables him to do all that he does. And, and we can right. leverage that very same idea, even as sole proprietors. And you've done that really, really nicely with Society6. And I did notice, too, and this is this is really beautiful, and I think it's wonderful that you've chosen to go this route. Um, it mentions there on the shop homepage that 10% of your profits are also donated to support Girls Inc., which is a really cool opportunity then to be able to give back. Yeah, especially since it's um, it's something like once the designs are finished enough, it's like the work has been done on my end. Like it, it's pretty self-sustaining at that point. So it's just um, back 
in the background making money and it's not something that I'm obviously relying on. So why not use that as an opportunity to give back to my community? There's a Girls Inc. location right here in Oakland and yeah, headed, headed their way. Wow. So how would you, how would you sum up the mission of your brand? And I mean, I I know that you talked about the motivation largely being uh, from the fact that you weren't able to find great gifts for clients or potential clients. So that I'm sure had something to do with it, but what is the ultimate mission of the brand and how does that tie into your photography business or um, segue with your photography brand? Yeah. So I guess the, the mission at the end of the day is to create a great experience for the client. I want it to be a fun experience, want to blow them away. And I'm hoping that the shop will just be a way that I can kind of connect with clients. Those those people are sitting right in my lap already. And so hopefully it can eventually turn the other way where the shop is like directing towards my photography business. Mm. I think, I think right now it's, it's the opposite where like my, my photography brand is driving traffic to the shop. Right. And you mentioned the possibility that you might transition away from society six. So would you ultimately uh, kind of develop this brand out further and create your own shop and, and, um, or what, what would that look like potentially? I think possibly that does seem like a, like it's probably pretty far out. Okay. And the only reason that I would consider doing that really is just to be able to handpick the items myself because, you know, picking my own t-shirt style or where we're printing and things like that. I would love to have like a little more say um, because Society6, you know, they're such a big company that they have to have limited offerings. Sure. So there's pretty much like a women's t-shirt and a men's t-shirt. So you can have like a tight one or a loose one. (laughs) You take your pick. So I'd love to like be able to be a little more specific in that way. Right. um, Eventually and be like handpicking each product before it gets printed. But that seems, (laughs) that seems like I I feel like I don't have time for that at this point, (laughs) to be honest. So well, I, I think the route that you've taken is is quite intelligent. And again, you're you're playing a CEO, you're playing a manager, you're delegating mm. work to well, in this case, Society Six, and it enables you to be able yeah. to add to the experience. And, and I love that you bring it back to that. This is ultimately about creating a fun experience for your clients and your your brand. I mean, certainly, your website communicates that notion. Your personality is communicated through the website very, very well as somebody who's happy, cheerful, is fun. And now you've you've added to that this shop where they can buy products that play on that very same idea, this very fun, uh, kind of happy-go-lucky brand. And again, kudos to you for doing something that I've not seen done in the industry. And I think it's, you know, some might say, well, how in the world does having a shop with products tied to the brand? And the reality is you're simply... This this move to to sell products is simply a uh, a beautiful segue or an offering of your brand, which reflects the uh, the notion of fun. Fun is your brand, yeah. And yeah. um and it so in this case, it actually makes sense that you're able to offer products that reflect that same idea. It doesn't actually take away from the brand, and I think that's really yeah. important to keep in mind here. So. Um, I really appreciate you making time to share. I know this is a brand new project, but it caught my yeah. attention. And I'm glad that we had the chance to to not only chat about the shop, but ultimately how that ties to the significance of a really distinct and clear brand position. I love that you're running with that and that everything you do reflects that very idea of fun. I think it's a great example for all of our listeners. And, and I appreciate you making time to share. Would you Would you mind just kind of reiterating what your website is and also where our listeners can find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is cheersbabephoto.com. 
And I'm Cheers Babe Photo on Instagram. And you can also find the shop at Cheers Babe Shop on Instagram. Um, and I mean, I'm on Facebook and stuff, but don't try to try to find me there because I'm rarely <laughs> there. <laughs> so yeah. Really, my website and Instagram is where you can get get a hold of me the best. Perfect. We will link to those in the show notes. Um, thank you again, Jess, so much for making time for the Book of Podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Book of Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>